This is Money Guide with Mary Stirk from Stirk Financial Services. Now, here's Mary Stirk. Welcome to Money Guide with Mary Stirk, and today's topic is the surprising truth about long-term care insurance. With me today, I have Kelsey Banky. Kelsey, welcome. Thank you, Mary. And Kelsey is a certified financial planner with us at Stirk Financial, and um, we spend a lot of time in retirement planning with people, and one of the things that invariably comes up is people saying, well, you know, I've been thinking about long-term care insurance, but... I don't know if I need it. And it seems really confusing. (laughs) Yes, this is another topic that is just people kind of understand surface level uh, amounts of information, but really to make a good decision on what what would be best for you, if anything, you need to understand more about it. So hopefully we can get you a little more education here. So we're going to dive right in and talk about who needs this when it makes sense to buy it, and then what you kind of need to know about what's out there and available for people if you want to pursue this. All right. So the big question I think that most people have when they're pondering their retirement is, am I going to need long-term care? And the sobering statistics are that 75% of people over the age of 65 are going to need some type of long-term care services during their life. Now, it might not mean that you're going to be in a nursing home, but it means that you'll have some type of chronic care need that will be longer than a few days or a few weeks. Okay. So I think we all probably know people (laughs) who've had that type of scenario. And uh, Kelsey, tell us a little bit about your grandparents. You were sharing this story with me earlier. Uh, My grandparents uh, were married for over 60 years. And I know they both had long-term care insurance because we we talked about it. And, you know, when you're married 60 years, you're used to that person being in the house with you. (laughs) So as my grandpa's health started to fail, my grandma just changed her lifestyle and did everything that she needed to do to take care of him from home. Now, he did go into a nursing home briefly after a procedure. Um, But that was a very short period of time, and it was not something that was covered by long-term care insurance because that takes a little while to kick in. Um, And he ended up passing away and never needing to use his coverage. So um, I always look at that as, you know, insurance is one of those tough things. You never want to have to use it. Right. But you're really glad you have it when the situation comes up that you have to use it. So um, it's trying to figure out what's the right level of insurance, what's the right kind of insurance for you. Um, But in watching them, it's really um, been an interesting thing to explore more of how you can um, take care of the long-term care need, but also take care of your family in the way that you want to. And I think we can all relate to the idea that um, nobody really wants to ever go to a nursing home and nobody really wants to ever send the person they love to the nursing home. It's one of those things though that when your health issues demand it, you you want to have it be there for you. So, all right, so who needs long-term care? Um, in my opinion, it really comes down to what asset level you have that you're going to go into retirement with, okay? So, 
I would say that if you have around $300,000 worth of retirement assets or less, then I don't know if it makes sense for you to spend the money on the long-term care premiums because they are significant. And if that's the asset pool that you have heading into retirement, you may not have enough cash flow to be able to devote enough significant enough portion of it to long-term care insurance in order to protect that pool of money. Okay. Now, if you have $3 million or more going into retirement, I also don't know if you really need to protect yourself with long-term care insurance because the reality is if you have $3 million, you probably can pay for an extended care period and it's not likely to dent your overall asset level to such a significant degree that it's really a problem. It's those people (laughs) that are in between 300000 and $3 million, that are probably the segment of people who need to look at whether or not long-term <laughs> care insurance is the most appropriate for them. So if you have between $300,000 in your retirement stash to $3 million, then this show is probably going to be something you want to pay a little bit more closely attention to. All right. So why am I saying those numbers? The biggest reason is because the problem with paying for chronic care is it can drain your resources, right? So you can have saved several hundred thousand dollars for retirement, and if you go into a nursing facility and you're there for several years, and it takes sixty, seventy, eighty thousand dollars a year to pay for your care, you can run through the amount of money that you've accumulated much faster than you want to, and also much faster than what you're surviving spouse wants to because they might be depending on that money to continue to live. And that's probably the most difficult part of the long-term care planning equation, I would say. Mm-hmm. It's making sure you have enough money to take care of the, the survivors in the way that you want to. Right. So if you have less than that, than that 300000 you're probably going to be spending through a lot of it anyway. And then we'll um, flip over to some kind of state care um, at the point in which you can no longer pay. Um, But if you're above that, there's still assets there you might need to protect for a um, spouse. Now, a lot of times people are saying, well, how can I protect my money from this, you know, issue of it? I just give my money to my kids and let the state take care of me. And the states have gotten wise to this. (laughs) There are now rules that they don't allow you to do it. In fact, most states have at least a five-year look-back period that says if you've given money or assets away in the last five years, they can literally claw them back from the people you gave them to to pay for your care. I mean, so what a horrible position that would be, right, Kelsey? I mean, you think about like you've given your kids this gift and they went out and bought a car with it or they went out and bought a house with it. And now the old government comes to knock and saying, we want the money back. (laughs) I couldn't even imagine like if they bought a business or something that really is not a liquid thing. And And now they have debt that mm -hmm. they owe because they spent the gift that they were given. So that's Mm -hmm. it. You got to be really careful about that. You certainly don't want to put your kids in that position. So... Now, the best time to think about buying long-term care insurance is really between the ages of 55 to 65. And that's kind of the sweet spot from a pricing standpoint of where you get probably the most effective pricing, but also aren't holding it for too many years, right? You don't want to get it when you're 40 and pay for it all of those years when you're really not likely to need that coverage. Yes, your price would be lower, but overall over time, you're probably going to pay way more than you would ever need to for it. Okay, so I want to share a little bit of a story um, about 
what has happened with some people that I know and care about that were able to utilize long-term care for their benefit. So we had a couple come in that we worked with for quite a while, and the husband ended up developing Alzheimer's. Now, that, of course, is an absolutely devastating disease. There's no doubt about it. And um, the wife cared for him absolutely as long as she could. But you got to the point, and I think anybody who's dealt with somebody with dementia or Alzheimer's can understand this, got to the point where she just couldn't take care of, of him any longer, so had to put him in a facility. Now, a lot of the facilities out there have what's called a continuum of care. So you might start with... Um, assisted living and you might move into skilled care and then you might move into what they call memory care, which is basically for people who don't have their memories anymore or have Alzheimer's or dementia or things like that. They need kind of that constant care, constant monitoring piece of thing. So this husband went into the memory care unit and the price tag for this memory care unit was upwards of nine thousand dollars a month okay that is a big number now fortunately this couple had had the foresight to purchase some long-term care but long-term care usually has what's called a waiting period and the waiting period typically in a lot of them is about 90 days so if you think about taking even three months worth of nine thousand dollars of bills there's a fast 30 grand out the door (laughs) (laughs) right out of your retirement pool, right? So you can start to see how even with long-term care, it can start to affect your pool of money in retirement pretty significantly. So then the husband's long-term care kicked in and it only covered about two-thirds of what his actual cost was. So even with that, she still had output that she had to do. Now, Memory care defies all of the statistics. So the average length of time that someone stays in a a nursing facility is about three years. But when it's memory care, you can be physically fine, but have the inability to be cognitively fine, right? And that average is seven years. So think about the astronomical cost of providing that care for seven years at that rate. That's a big number. Now, fortunately, this couple had the coverage in place, so it covered a lot of it. They still had some out-of-pocket, but because they had that long-term care coverage, they were able to not completely decimate their retirement. The wife still had a comfortable lifestyle outside of, you know, the facility on her own. He had great care that took care of him during the time he was in it. And at the end of the day, that policy created an environment for them that allowed their retirement with this devastating illness at least to not completely devastate their finances also. And that's the power of long-term care right there. Welcome back to Money Guide with Mary Stirk. And today we're talking about the surprising truth about long-term care insurance. All right, so we talked a little bit about who needs it and when you might want to buy it. Let's dive a bit into what types of coverage there are out there. And one thing I just want to say is a quick shout out to one of our very loyal listeners, Bill. If you're listening, I know you say you listen to us every week. You're the one that suggested this topic, and so thank you. And I also want to say if there's any other topics out there that other listeners want to hear about, 
then we would love for you to send them to us via email or give us a call and let us know what you'd like to hear more about. All right, let's dive into traditional coverage for long-term care versus something different called hybrid coverage. So traditional coverage um, is is the one most people have heard about. Again, calling it traditional makes sense that way, but mm-hmm. um, it's the kind that my grandparents had. So they bought policies um, early in their retirement. They paid for them um, over the years. the The traditional coverage usually starts out as, at as a lower cost, and will have not guaranteed, but it's it's pretty much happens all the time. But we'll have price increases over the year as the or over time as the cost of insurance goes up. I would say it's pretty guaranteed you're going <laughs> to have a price increase. I don't think I've seen any of the traditional policies that haven't had price increases. And fun fact, certain states have set a cap on how much they can raise their prices. And it's like 119%. It's huge numbers. <laughs> Thank you, State, for giving us a cap of that number. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So if history tells us anything, it's going to go up and it's going to go up big time over the course of your lifetime. Right. So, but it starts out lower um, and then increases over time. And then depending on what state you have would dictate how high it could go if, if there is a cap. Um, it usually has some kind of inflation protection. So what that means is the amount of coverage that your insurance would provide could have a cost of living adjustment applied to it um, year after year um, when they feel like they need to adjust it for inflation. Because if you think about it, you buy something um, in your, your 50s or your 60s, by the time you get to your 80s or 90s, inflation has really affected the cost of, yeah. of care. Um, and healthcare is one that it can inflate at a higher pace than everyday living. So the cost of living adjustment is crucial in helping make sure that your coverage is going to do something Keeps for you. Keeps up with the times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Keeps mm-hmm. up with the times. So starts at a lower cost, usually includes inflation protection. Um, the the premium payments can and may be tax deductible, and that's just going to depend on everybody's situation, um, but they can have some kind of tax deductibility to them. That's a nice feature of it because they're not cheap. No, it's not. It's not cheap care, but it's definitely something that um, people have been using for a long time and um, are looking to have help pay for the cost of of their care in the future if they need it. Okay, so one of the other pros or benefits to the traditional coverage is that it might participate in the state partnership program. And every state has different rules about it. So whatever your state is, you have to look at your own rules. But essentially what the state partnership frequently does is if you take out a policy and it ultimately has, let's say, $200,000 worth of value in it, then the state will let your spouse or your family keep an equivalent amount of assets to the side that they don't have to spend down before the state coverage will begin. So in a typical scenario, if you're married, you have to spend down your assets to around eighty dollars or $90,000 and your spouse gets to keep the house before Medicaid will start paying or before the state will start paying for your coverage. If you have bought a policy and the policy qualifies for the state partnership, let's say your policy was $200,000 of value, then you have to spend down your assets to $280,000 before Medicaid will start paying for your cost of care. So it basically protects an equivalent amount of assets for your family 
instead of making you spend them down before the state aid kicks in. And that's definitely one of the pros of, of or the benefits of traditional care. Now, everything has pros and cons. Everything. Everything does. <laughs> and this insurance is no different. So while there definitely are benefits to this traditional type, there are also some cons to it. Now, the traditional type is built on what's called a health insurance chassis. And um, because of that, they have the ability to increase the price every year. And like we said, you better expect that to happen. So it's probably going to end up at a higher cost than some other different programs would. It's also a use it or lose it benefit. So like what Kelsey was talking about earlier, where her grandmother did everything she could to keep her grandfather out of the nursing home, in that scenario, he didn't use it, so they lost that benefit that they had paid all those years in for. And a lot of people don't like that. Another issue with the traditional long-term care is that it really limits your choice of caregivers. And because it's limiting your choice of caregivers, you usually have to use skilled care, which means you can't just stay at home and have some daughter who is a nurse quit her job and then take care of you if she's not providing actual skilled care, right? So if you're limited like that, that is generally viewed as a con. And then I would say the last piece of it is that one of the cons is usually that traditional coverage requires something called reimbursements. So if you think about that, Kelsey, if you're married to someone and they need care, I bet the last thing you really want to do is be keeping track of the bills and submitting them to the nursing home insurance company to get reimbursed for your cost. Yeah. Well, not only that, but you have to make, you have to pay out that money first. Yeah. And then wait for it to come back. So you still have to have that money on the front end to give to the the care facility to then have the insurance company issue money back to you. So it's 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 the way that it is, but I I'm I personally don't really like it because yep. it's not a simple thing. <laughs> it's not a simple thing and it's not a simple time. Right. So both of those features make it, it just not ideal. So there's pros and cons to that traditional coverage. And because there's pros and cons and because we live in an inventive world, then the insurance industry has created something different that's called hybrid coverage. And hybrid coverage basically was designed to take all those cons that we just talked about and create an answer for them. But in creating the pros that answered the cons, it creates a whole set of other cons in the hybrid. <laughs> so like we said, everything has pros and cons. All right, so the benefits of the hybrid answer the issues that are in the traditional side, and it's built on what's called a life insurance chassis. So hybrid coverage is usually a life insurance program that has additional benefits for long-term care. And because of that, then generally speaking, a lot of them have prices that are guaranteed never to go up. So that's a very nice benefit that you know it's a fixed cost, and as long as you pay your premium, it's never going to go up. From a budgeting standpoint, I really like this feature. Absolutely. I talk a lot about budgets, a lot about money mm -hmm. management, and to have a, a bill that's never going to go up in the course of your retirement <laughs> yeah, it's nice. is nice because you might not have income that's always guaranteed to go up to cover right. that increasing cost, so I, I really like that feature. So because it's not going to go up, then it probably will end up at a lower price over time. <laughs> That's kind of the way they, they tee each other up. 
All right. The other thing is where that traditional benefit was a use it or lose it type of program, the hybrid coverage is a guaranteed benefit to someone. And the reason is because it's built on a life insurance chassis. So if you have, let's say, a $200,000 policy, if you use some of it while you're alive, the rest of it will get paid out to your beneficiary when you're dead because it comes as life insurance then. If you use none of it while you're alive, all of it gets paid to your beneficiary when you're dead. If you use all of it when you're alive, nothing gets paid out when you're gone. (laughs) (laughs) But somebody's guaranteed to get a pool of benefit at some point as long as you've paid your premium. And I think that's a fantastic feature of the hybrid coverage because it totally eliminates that use it or lose it issue. It's definitely one of the the pros that cause most people to consider it, right. I would say. Uh, most people are, are wanting to make sure that the money that they're spending, their hard-earned money that they saved their entire careers for, um, has something come of it. Exactly. So yeah. um, with a, a solution like this being offered, it gives people that, that choice. Now, we talked about how the traditional is a reimbursement style and the hybrid typically, and not every time, but often is what's called an indemnity style. So once you are deemed to have qualified for benefits, then your money gets turned on for a year. There's a certain amount per month that they'll send every month for a year. And then you have to re-qualify generally every year. But once you get the money, you can do anything you want to with it. So you can actually have a broader choice of caregivers. You can pay whoever you want to to come in and do your care because you don't have to get reimbursed. You don't have to submit receipts. You just have to qualify to need to care. So the indemnity policies give us a lot more flexibility. Now, what has pros has cons. So the cons of that hybrid is that it's definitely going to start out at a higher cost. It usually doesn't include that inflation protection And it does not meet the partnership criteria for most states and also is generally not considered to be tax deductible. So that gives you an overview of traditional versus hybrid and the pros and cons of each. And hopefully that gives you some food for thought that allows you to proceed forward if you decide you want to explore long-term care more. Now, if you do, we'd love for you to give us a call. We'll help you explore it and help you source different quotes and different things like that and get you on your way with it. And uh, But Overall, we hope that this has been super educational and helps you understand what the surprising truth about long-term care insurance really is. So thanks for listening to Money Guide with Mary Stirk. The views expressed are not necessarily the opinion of your audio provider and should not be construed directly or indirectly as an offer to buy or sell any securities or services mentioned herein. Investing is subject to risks, including loss of principal invested. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. No strategy can assure a profit nor protect against loss. Please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should only be relied upon when coordinated with individual professional advice. Securities and investment advisory services are offered through Woodbury Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Insurance offered through Sturk Financial Services, which is not affiliated with Woodbury Financial. Sturk Financial Services is located at 350 Oak Tree Lane, Suite 150, Dakota Dunes, South Dakota 57049, and can be reached at 605-217-3555.